0: Successful Working Parents Podcast, the podcast where we talk to successful working parents. My guest today, he is the founder of Empowered Entrepreneur. He is the host of the Empowered Podcast. He's an advisor in SAS, Health, Web3, and many other spaces, father of three, hailing from Canada, ladies and gentlemen, Patrick McGuire. Patrick, thank you for joining us.
1: Hey, Anthony. I love it. I'm happy to be here. And I just think it sounds funny, you know, uh, all those little titles that you got going and reminding me that I am still a father of three. That's
0: right. Perhaps the most important of the titles, which we will definitely get to. Um, before we do that, I'd love to just start off with a little bit of background on your career.
1: Yeah. I mean, I am that crazy entrepreneur. I am completely unemployable. And I say that with love and jest for all those entrepreneurs out there. Most of you can't keep a job, don't want to keep a job, but you're unemployable because you're way too precious. That's me. I've been doing that since you, since high school and right through university and through the military. And then carried that on and did it through uh, additional education and always done my own thing. And it really was whenever I helped out companies, I worked hard for them. I knew there was more and I knew I could do things differently. And that's why I just kept doing it. And then I decided, you know what? I can't work for you because the closer you get to the top, the closer you are to the door or the bigger, the threat you are to that executive who's in your chair. Great. And so tell us a little bit more about what
0: empowered entrepreneur does.
1: Well, Empowered Entrepreneur really is a culmination of all the crazy things that I do. So I am a board member advisor for Futurepreneur and for Altitude Accelerator. So I get to see 500 plus clients in our portfolios and that's really exciting. But what I do is I help companies to focus their vision. I love to take the CEO's vision and I put it in a way that everybody can digest it and I assemble the teams and I put the optimization and automation in place and then I put in charge those teams to get it done. And we really, it's about helping entrepreneurs see their big exit, see their big picture, what's their big value and not make it just about the job. Cause I've done that. I've been there where it was all about the job for a while, all about building the business. And you know, the, the thing that really supported me through my entire career to date is my family. I've got the best wife, sorry, Anthony, it's just the way it is. Um, I've got the (laughs) best wife ever and she supports the crazy entrepreneurism and you know, for me, that's God put her in my life for a reason because no other woman could deal with my crap.
0: (laughs) Speaking of family, tell us a little bit more about your role as father.
1: I am a father. Uh, I've got amazing kids. They're, they're brilliant. They're well-grounded. They're wonderful. They're beautiful. They're smart. Uh, The oldest one, my daughter, she's doing interior design at a college. She's a, it's a four-year program and She'll come out with some architecture and design and she knew what she wanted to do. Like it was great by grade 11. She's like, this is what I want to do. I'm a creative person. I love it. And uh, the middle one is going off to college next year. She's going into culinary college specifically for restaurant hospitality and really specifically into the baking category. She's actually an award-winning baker already in high school, which is super cool. And she's 17 and my younger boy, he is turning 15 coming up and I think he thinks he wants to be into cars. Uh, he wants to take some auto shop next year, just in high school. But he's a, a great athlete and really well-rounded. And we just enjoy hockey a lot. And he's chasing his dreams in hockey, and we're trying to support that. And we've had to make some concessions to drive and drive a lot to go to this new team that he's going to be playing with. But I'll say my kids are super rounded, super um, super grounded. And uh, as you and I have talked in the past, I have a very strong grounding in my faith and my kids are all right there with us. And in fact, they lead us and inspire us sometimes.
0: Awesome. It only took us less than four minutes to, to get into hockey as well. So I'm excited to see what <laughs> other hockey, hockey content we, we get into. Um, yeah, yeah. But before we get there, I'm curious, how do you feel like your skill set as an
1: entrepreneur informed
0: your parenting style?
1: I don't know if it informed the parenting style, but it rubbed off on the kids, Uh, you know, two of them. And I think the boy, they all want to have their own businesses and they all have aspirations of running their own programs. So that's pretty cool. He even thinks about doing his own custom cars and everything. So I think it's in there parenting wise. I mean, my wife and I are on board with everything. So we co-CEO our family. There is no decision that we make without each other. Honestly, our bank account is the same bank account. That's pretty rare these days, but that's just how we are. So if that gives you an idea of the rest of our lives, that's how we do it with our kids. I would say that um, being an entrepreneur really helps me to pivot, to realize when there's a failure about to come with our kids, (laughs) when that argument is no longer worth it, and I've got to sort of back off and try and find a new way to massage the message, you know, that's marketing, right? That's what it is. You got to position it so they will digest it in the way that you want them to, to get the illicit response that you expect the outcome. That's it. That's marketing and sales. That's entrepreneurship. And that's parenting. I think parenting is entrepreneurship. It is, uh, nobody has the roadmap, right?
0: Sure. For sure. Did you get those values of entrepreneurship instilled in you from your parents or was it maybe the opposite where you saw them working jobs and you said, that's not for me?
1: I, I would say maybe it's a yes and, and a no really, but I would definitely sit in that middle ground. So my mother, she, my parents were divorced when they were really, when I was young. So I was six and they were fully divorced and different ends of the, of the city. And, you know, I heard this, this saying, and maybe it'll make sense, is that entrepreneurs are born by an overbearing mother and the lack of a father's love. Now that's not necessarily hundred percent true for me, My parents loved us very much, but my mom, she's a four foot 11 nasty Irish leprechaun and she's the most wonderful woman in the world. But if you piss her off, you're in trouble. And my dad, at the same time, he was a little distant for a while and he was really trying to figure out how to be a great dad. And he is a great dad, but he was really there for, Hey, get the kids to sports, drive them around, pay their bills. That was kind of the dad position he had to take after that. So he was a little bit distant and it took us till boy, till almost when I was, till after I was married, that we really became friends again. Like we've always been loving each other. We've always been there. But So that that story of the overbearing mother and the distant love of a father is, is true in my case. But my mom actually, she married a great guy. He was an airline pilot and they built and sold their own real estate business here in Oakville, Ontario, in Canada. And so I saw that. I saw how hard they work. I saw my dad in the HR tech world, and uh, he was actually an HR director, not even the tech side. And he helped revamp the city of Burlington, the city of Toronto Metro Police, the city of Ottawa, Carleton Transportation, even Visa Canada. He got involved in that. So he was an entrepreneur in his own right, but within more of an intrapreneurship position inside of companies. So he would take on the new initiatives and make them work. So I would say I learned from them. I learned the hard work and never quit from them, from both of them, and different reasons. And uh, I'm I'm very excited, very proud of that because I got four awesome parents that taught me different lessons.
0: Yeah, I, I could totally relate to that. Um, my my parents got divorced, and I was pretty young too, like six or seven. So I understand, you know. Yeah, I grew up with my, with my mom. Not necessarily <laughs> overbearing, but you know, she's a strong uh, Italian woman from from Staten Island. So I, I understand the, I understand the yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs>
1: That's actually funny, right? You're talking about an Italian woman from Staten Island, and you're talking about an Irish lady who came over on a boat to Canada. Yeah, they are going to be tough ladies. <laughs> sure, for sure, yes,
0: exactly. Uh, and then on the flip side, do you feel like after you became a dad, did that change your entrepreneurial skill set? Did that change the way you approach your career?
1: Um, I got lost for a little while, I would say, and I just kept doing because I had to keep doing and. It was okay, but it wasn't. I lost the vision to really uh, blow something up so big that you couldn't even recognize it, right? I sort of like, well, no, we got family stuff, and there was a. I would say probably about six years, because my kids were actually about two years apart all the way across the board, and there was about six years, and I can't say one was about two, and then the other ones were coming along, where I struggled really hard because I wanted to be that super dad, I wanted to be the super provider, and I couldn't couldn't distinguish the difference of being a great provider and a great business person and being ever present for everything my kid does. Like their first step, their first haircut, their first word, their their first falling on their face, cutting their face open. Um, and I was there for most of them to be honest. And that's what I love about entrepreneurship is that it gives you that opportunity to be at those moments, but then your business might suffer and then vice versa, your family might suffer because you're on trips and traveling and doing work. So So yeah, it was a little different. It was just different. Um, It didn't change my position on being an entrepreneur. That's for sure. It gave me a little more motivation to actually forcefully make things happen.
0: So did you just have to grapple with that and sort of come back into it? Or how did you come up with the ability to kind of pivot back into more focusing on the career side?
1: Never quit, never changed, never had to pivot that, but pivoted the businesses to pivoted the industries. Uh, What I did do is I established a uh, sort of a rule our family was so amazing my wife being so supporting the kids understanding that this is what daddy does he works from home he's not normal you can take that however you want not normal i'm not it's fine
0: yeah <laughs> but, we'll, leave, um, we'll leave it at that we'll leave it at that for now
1: yeah so they knew when we lived in that little townhouse with the first two kids and the third one actually he came along but we were just getting ready to move out um they knew that the basement was mine. That was my office. The entire basement of a townhome was my office. You know, I went down there early in the morning and I worked nonstop. And I had my my drinks and my protein shakes and my water and stuff. And we shot videos down there. This was early, like two thousand two, two thousand three. We were shooting videos. Like people didn't really do that back then for marketing for business. And um, and they just knew not to come down and bother us unless they checked first. And then even when we moved into a larger home, when the kids were a little bit older, we're in a different home now. And we had a computer loft. I still, as you and I had my first call together, actually in the computer loft. And you probably didn't even recognize that it is an open space with an open ceiling and open to the front door. My kids know that when dad's on that session, you don't interrupt them, you know, and they're quiet and they're respectful and it teaches them to work a little differently, I think. And it's been just a blessing and it's been awesome. And they all know, like sometimes they will yell and say something and be like, guys, come on. And um, then I'll just tell people, yeah, I'm actually in the computer loft today. I'm not in the office or the podcast studio like I am today with you on this video.
0: How else do you juggle family and career? It sounds like setting boundaries is probably the big one, but what else have you found to be helpful?
1: I don't know if there's anything that I can nail down saying be helpful because everything is slightly different. But I would say that when the kids want my attention, I give them my attention and I cut everything else out. I have to give them 100% because I ask them to do the same thing for me. And at the same time, I ask them to allow me and my wife, because she does her own thing too, as well. And she helps in our business as well. We've got a new uh, initiative going forward. But they know that they've got to give me 100% away time, quiet time, break time, whatever you want to call that. They know that that's work time. Be quiet. So when they want my attention, I got to give it to them too.
0: I know it can be lonely sometimes in the entrepreneurial world. It's important to remember to take care of yourself. Sometimes I'm curious if you have any tips for self care <laughs> in this. In this, uh, is, uh, this, is this
1: coming on because you know that I pinched my nerve a couple of weeks ago and I can barely lift my left arm today? But <laughs>
0: <laughs> before the pinched nerve, before yeah. the pinched nerve, what were your best? You know tests? what?
1: So I come from the fitness mindset. I built empowered on entre- empowered nutrition. Prior to this, I built a couple of nutrition profit centers. So I lived in that world. I was an ex bodybuilder and power lifter. Like I actually competed for real. Not those, those guys that go to the gym fit stuff. We have go muscles and show muscles. That's what I would say. And, uh, I have back issues. So I've been, you know, debilitated. I actually, honestly, I turned 40 uh, a few years ago, quite a few years ago. Let's just leave it at that. And, um, My dog jumped up because I did a funny little jig for my middle girl. She's Riley and she's pretty Riley. She's pretty tough and stubborn at times and she's so sweet. She wasn't happy, didn't want to go to school. So I did a stupid little dance thing in front of her. And the dog jumped up and hit me in the hips and knocked me down. And I pinched the L4, L5, and I didn't walk for eight weeks. So you need to take a break. You need to rest. It wasn't because of the dog hitting me. It was because I had tension all over from other stuff I was doing and I forgot to take a break. So the biggest thing that I have. And you and I've talked, I love hockey because I like to play it. I used to, and, uh, I love riding bikes. I'm actually just waiting for this to get full grip strength here. And I'm going out for a bike ride. Even if this hurts, I'm going for a bike ride as soon as I can, which is hopefully Saturday, but, um, you gotta be active. If you give a hundred percent to your, your work, you need to give a hundred percent to your nutrition and a hundred percent to your rest and rest can be active rest as well as sleep. I don't sleep a lot. I'm not even highly caffeinated, but you probably think I am. And, uh, you have to rest. The body has to rest. And whenever I get these pinches or these nerves that go out, I know it's because I'm just pushing the limits of trying to be that great dad. I'm driving my one kid all over for hockey right now. Like I won't even get into it, but it's just insane. Hockey in So central Ontario is more politics than politics. And, um. But to get him to the place he wants to be, I got to drive him more. So I'm stressed about getting him into that program, that league, that association. I'm stressed about business. I'm rebuilding my business. Somebody recently just stole about a half million dollars from us. Yes, I said it publicly. And I have not said that publicly out loud until now. So I'm shocked that I said it. Wow. Exclusive. Exclusive. Um, So yeah, I'm highly stressed with all that because I'm carrying that debt load for them as well as our own family debt loads and, and running around. And I got two kids going to college. So that stress is killing me right now in terms of just general health. So I have to be more physically active. I have a full workout set up in the basement and I actually use it. It's not a clothes hanger like most people are. If I get off or anxiety or whatever during the day, doesn't matter if it's usually not so much in the winter, but especially right now, the, shock, the socks come off and I'm standing out back and I walk around the backyard in the grass barefoot. I ground myself because it feels good. And for those entrepreneurs that travel, I got to tell them this, this has been the blessing in my travels because as you know, Anthony, I built and sold an HR tech company, took us 23 months to do so, uh, exited with a very healthy, uh, eight figure exit. It was very, 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 very healthy. And, um, you know, uh, pressing the nine figures of course. And one of the things I had to do was travel every two weeks for two years. I was pretty much always in San Francisco. So I would hit the ground. I'd get on the BART. I would get off at Union Square, I would walk up out of the tunnel, and I always took the red eyes as much as I could, so I got there, and I would sit down on the grass, take my shoes off, and just have a drink, a coffee, a water, a sandwich, whatever, before I went into the office at around 11 or noon because of the time changes, and I always did that. So anyone that's a traveling entrepreneur, hit the ground in the time zone that you're in, take your shoes off, stand there, soak it in. You'll have a better sleep. You'll pick up the circadian rhythm. Like all the crazy things that you hear, it's true, folks. That's what I would say. Get rested. Get, get grounded. I've, I've heard. That. Oh, it's killer. It's awesome. It's huge. Yeah, I've heard that for
0: jet for jet lag. It's it's. Is that your number one jet lag t- uh, strategy?
1: Absolutely, hundred percent. That is it. There's no question about it. That is the number one because it gets you back on that time zone and sort of adjusts your circadian rhythm. I come home from a flight and I would take a red eye to get back to Toronto. So I'm literally leaving at like uh, the 1215 from San Francisco. And I'm landing here at six in the morning in Toronto. I hop in the car or the cab or whatever we've got. I get home. I drop my stuff in. I'm able to see the kids get out the door. They're going off to school. I say hi to my wife. I take my shoes off and I go stand in the backyard.
0: Now, does it count if you get one of those grounding pads? That's like indoor grass. Do you think that that counts? Have you had any experience with that?
1: Maybe not the indoor grass, but the grounding mats uh, apparently work. I don't have one. I've always said I'll get one. I just never got around to it. I truly believe that they would work for sure. Uh, The other thing too, I would even think about craziness of grounding your bed. If you have a metal bed, you should get a grounding cord and plug it in. So you plug it into the outlet in the wall and just the third prong, that'll ground your bed and uh, wipe out a lot of the EMFs and give you good energy. Okay. It sounds so hokey, it's, but it works. It's connected to the bed. It's connected to your frame,
0: bed frame. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now we're talking. How about time management skills? You're obviously very busy, got three kids, running a company. How do you manage your time effectively?
1: You know, this is a tough one because I would say I have no time management skills because I have no time to manage it. So not true. Um, it's actually the exact opposite. If it's not on the calendar and you and I ran into this, we're actually somehow my device, my technology failed me and it double booked us a few weeks ago and I'm going, what the heck? And my doctor's appointment crossed over and it just messed everything up. I'm going, how did that happen? But if it's not on the calendar, it's not going to happen for me. It just isn't. I've even got my kids' work schedules in my calendar on a family calendar. And I know which kids go into which work because sometimes they need to drive. Not all of them have cars yet. Working on that. The other one's going to get another car coming up. So she bought her own car because she works so hard in her baking business, she can afford it. So, yeah, so time management. um, I teach my sales teams and people that I work with to use the Pomodoro technique, whether it's 20 minutes and five minutes or 25 and five. I find 25 and five works best. So, I have a great sales team right now that's running and gunning the Canadian Digital Adoption Program. If anyone is interested in that, your Canadian business, government's giving you like $100,000 tax free, interest free. So I have people making calls for that and I do this. I've taught this set 25 minutes, call as many people as you can have the conversations that are meaningful. And then you literally get up from your desk, walk away for five minutes, come back and do it again for another 25. The reason I've chosen 25 instead of 20, like Pomodoro technique teaches is because it ends up a perfect hour. If I just do two blocks,
0: is there a certain number of blocks before you need to take a longer break?
1: People will say yes, but the reality is I move so fast in so many different areas. Um, for my sales teams, I say yes. You finish an hour and then you go take you know 20 minutes, whatever for yourself. I don't care. Go do a different task completely. Do all your follow-up emails because then you're not on calls. It's a different energy. But you need to get up and walk away for at least five minutes. If not, go for your lunch for 20. Um, me, I just shift gears, right? I just go from this lane to this lane, from podcaster to to sales calls, to marketing guy, to servicing my clients, you know, like, so I just go, go, go probably verging burnout all the time, but I'm good with it. I, the energy is good for me. I know when to take a break and actually Anthony, truthfully, if I need to, I will go lie down for 15 minutes in the middle of the afternoon. People have known me to lock my doors at the office in one of our buildings. i lock the door. I pull the blinds down. I turn off the lights. And I pull a George Costanza and I'm under the desk with my my towel because I ride to work whenever I was going to that office. I would ride there I'd have a towel. I roll it up under my neck. I'm out 15, 20 minutes
0: done. That's great. And you just, you set a timer or you just, you just wake up after 15 minutes?
1: <sighs> Sometimes it changes. Sometimes there's timer. Uh, nowadays I use things like, um, not that I'm plugging specific apps, but Calm app seems to be my go-to right now. Uh, there's a bunch of different apps like that, where they give you a little, sort of meditative noise. I like the earthy, the rainforest, the river, that type of stuff. Uh, and it has a bell at the end or a chime. You know, it was gong. Okay, get up, let's go. And the thing I would say is if you plan a rest to recover or recuperate as an entrepreneur, the second that goes off, you need to jump up and get at it. Just don't go five more minutes, two more minutes. Don't pull that crap. You set a goal, 15 minutes for rest. You jump up and set your next goal, next goal, which is 20, 30 calls, whatever it's going to be.
0: Yeah, no, app is great. I got to shout out the Headspace app, former employer of mine. So shout out to Oh, as nice.
1: Well. I didn't even know that. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, working for the enemy over there. That's all right. Um, yeah, the, the, those are all really powerful techniques. What about hockey? I think we owe, <laughs> we owe it to ourselves to just talk a little bit about hockey here. What does hockey mean? To you, to Canada, why is it, do you think it's more popular than other sports are? If you play other sports, what's better about hockey than other sports?
1: All right. First of all, I will say that uh, two things truly framed me and I can name one of the sports in particular. Two things that framed who I am, my sports and my military service. Without those two things, I probably wouldn't be the man of character that I am. Now we all know, and I can say it bluntly and I hope you don't mind, but for me, my number one is God. He's put me on a certain course and a certain path, but he gave me gifts to play hockey. I played hockey at a super high level and it created a very disciplined, very different person. I've got the travel and experience crazy stuff. Uh, some of my friends actually have just recently retired from the NHL. I never made it, but they did. Um, <laughs> but, and then the military created incredible discipline, totally different. As far as hockey goes, uh, in popularity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, lacrosse is our actual national sport and only recently in the last decade, have they named hockey as our co national sport. If that makes sense. it doesn't, but, um, lacrosse is a Canada's first hockey is our second, but the reality is hockey far surpasses every other sport up here these days. Although soccer by numbers actually is bigger in Canada now, however, Compare that to California, soccer, football proper is larger in California than it is in all of Canada. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's my, that's my sports tech world coming in. Right. So I've got those sports yeah. tech apps out there. So I had to do that research and we're just like, oh my goodness. But yeah, hockey's awesome. It's a culture. It's a habit. It's a disease. It's, it's fun. You know, heck when you're frozen for more than half the year, you might as well play hockey. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, you might as well just enjoy the ice if it's there, right? <laughs> yeah. When you're thinking about your role as a father, do you often think about like how your activities as a as a, in your career are rubbing off on them, or like the example that you're setting for them? Like how much oh, you yeah. try to you know, directly instill what you do. You recommend to do to go your path, or do you recommend a different
1: path? I don't know. I don't know. Like I can't tell them that they should be entrepreneurs. I don't think you can tell anybody they should be an entrepreneur. I don't think you can tell them or stifle their creativity or their goals and their visions. It's something that's put inside them and they'll find it themselves. And somebody's going to get a great career at a job, at a company that they love. And if those things align, then, then go to work. But if they don't, then be an entrepreneur and do what you love. You got to be totally passionate. I am absolutely passionate to a fault for helping others. Even when I know there's no time or there's no money, no ROI. I will oftentimes go to of my way to help them. In fact, I'm, I'm helping a company in, uh, in Jersey right now. It's totally not in my, in my realm, but a friendly carpet cleaning. This gentleman, Paul, he's, he asked for help. And I said, absolutely, I'll help you out. And, you know, it's not in my best interest because he's not the biggest cash flow for me at all. But I want people to understand that sometimes it's not just about the dollars. And you can't tell your kids to go chase dollars. That's why I'm bringing this back for us. You can't tell them to chase dollars and be an entrepreneur. You can't tell them not to be an entrepreneur because they might be broke and love it. And they might have a job and be emotionally or physically or, you know, spiritually, whatever, broke. And they might like that. I don't know anyone that likes to be clinically <laughs> depressed and go into a nine to five all the time, but that's not me. I think, I think I can think of some people that I've
0: seen in New York, <laughs> New, York New York City lifestyle that are doing that.
1: I remember riding the train a few times and I'm just like going down to New York and I'm just like wow. I'm so glad that I'm sitting on this train beside you and I am smiling cuz I know you're going to a job that you don't love.
0: <laughs> yeah, it happens, man. Um, all right, Although right. I'll
1: tell you those subways are crazy. You need to be an entrepreneur just to get through those things for your first time.
0: Yeah, I mean they're, they're you, you got to be they're
1: busy. They're <laughs>
0: You got to you got to be aware, you know, you, you're, there's a there's a non-zero chance you're taking a hammer to the head. In there so you gotta you gotta keep your <laughs> keep your head on a swivel i
1: i will tell you this and i know we got to roll up but one thing i did is the very first time i went to new york for a real big business function like a monster function with salesforce actually and i was a, i was going to be i was a speaker on a couple of their platforms that weekend had to get in there and i got on the got on the train i'm like on the way out of town there was a nasty storm the sewers and the trains and subways were, were flooding it was out of control And they were expecting one of those, I can't remember which one it was, one of the hurricanes was coming. And I'm like, I don't know where I'm going. Like, I have to get to Jersey. I have to catch my plane. And the lady behind me, she looks up and she goes, E, go. And she shoves me in the right direction and tells me to run. (laughs) And I'm like, thanks. Okay. But you know what? It was just somebody out there looking out for me. And I just made the train and I just made my plane. So somebody was taking care of me.
0: I got to say, New Yorkers, are, New Yorkers are much more helpful than I think outsiders take us to be. You know, we're, we're, we might not be the friendliest, but they're very helpful. Oh, she was yeah. awesome. If you, need it, if you need something, they're there for you. I wish I knew who she was. She just shoved me and said, go. <laughs> All right. We're going to move into the final segment here, which is called Patrick's Advice Corner. All right. You ready? You're going to give advice on a few different topics.
1: What advice would you give to your former self? Good question. I mean, there's lots I would give. I will say set bigger goals and go get them. What's the best
0: advice that you've
1: ever received or what comes to mind? Um, from Mark Benioff, uh, founder and CEO of Salesforce. Customers say it best. And I took that to heart and I do that with a lot of my businesses that I run and all my clients' businesses. Always customers say it best. Focus on the customer.
0: What advice do you have for someone who is about to be a parent and they are an entrepreneur? Don't do it.
1: No. (laughs) Uh, Well, hey, look, if you're about to be a parent, you're about to be an entrepreneur, whether you like it or not, you're going to have to figure out how to pivot, how to adjust, how to deal with the crap that comes out of both ends, and how to be a success at doing it. So entrepreneurship and parenting go hand in hand. I will tell you, you're going to need to find your own cadence. I like to ride, so it's cadence. Find a rhythm. Find a cadence as a parent. Know when to rest. Know when to work extra hard. And truthfully, I worked when the kids were asleep. That was my number one thing.
0: Final question is, I think I told you I have a, my first child is coming July 19th. Coming. What advice do you have for me as a soon to be dad, both in the come up to July 19th and after that?
1: Uh, You should probably sleep right now. (laughs)
0: Like
1: literally. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta go. Uh, Don't sleep for eight weeks because you don't have a choice. You won't. Remember we said about cadence and rhythm? I'll tell you the best thing ever is my wife put the kids on a routine that was so strict. It was unbelievably blessing because we thought at eight weeks I was exhausted. I couldn't do anything. I'm like, when am I ever going to sleep again? And then all of a sudden, almost on clockwork at eight weeks, the kids slept. Every single one of them slept an entire night and we got like six and eight hours sleep. And I was like, what the heck just happened? So all of a sudden I got a new energy because I'm sleeping like eight hours again or six hours, which is my normal, by the way, about six hours. It's huge. So, so sleep and rest now as an entrepreneur work when you can, of course. And then when the, when your son comes, I mean, you're going to have to sleep when you get a chance, but you're going to have to work whenever, uh, whenever you can and uh, just find your, your cadence and your rhythm and your rest. So you can be part of his life as often as possible. And that's what entrepreneurism does for someone like us gives us a chance to be there when we need to be there.
0: Awesome. Appreciate the advice, Patrick. Patrick McGuire, everybody. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it.
1: I appreciate it very much. And if you guys are entrepreneurs out there and looking for a little help to 10X your business, hit me up, Patrick McGuire, or visit empoweredentrepreneur.ca and I'd be happy to have a conversation totally free. Just let's get on the call and let's have a conversation, see how I can help you out and just hand it over for free. And if you kill it, you kill it. Let's have a good time. Awesome.
0: Thanks, Patrick. Appreciate your time today.
1: All right. Thank you very much, Anthony. Have a great day.